Well, for the first time in the history of the Phoenix Suns, they have given up two 40-point scores. They did so on a night in Phoenix against the worst team in the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves, on the first night of a back-to-back, and they lost that game, and they are now 26-13. and Matthew, I know that you were writing the recap for the brightsideofthesun.com. My <laughs> assumption is entering that fourth quarter, you probably had a lot of the backbone and spine written of your article relative to the Suns winning. And then yeah. they didn't. I was like, wait, hold up. What's going on? I was like in my kitchen, like ready to pop a bottle of something and sip on that for the fourth quarter. And I had to rewrite everything, change the wording and make sure it made sense because the Suns did lose tonight. <laughs> and it, it sucks. This was one of the worst losses, I think, this year. Um, what a freaking crazy game. These losses are just, I feel like we're always lost for words now as Suns fans when we lose these games against the inferior team like the Minnesota Timberwolves. We just don't know what to say. You know, what was it? I mean, it's just an off night again. I mean, I mean, we can make excuses, but these games are just so strange when the Suns can't pull it out. Yeah, it's really an interesting game that we'll delve into and and try to break down and understand what happened, uh, why it happened, and whether or not it's ultimately important to this team moving forward. I think that one of the biggest things that's frustrating for me is knowing that the Suns had an opportunity to gain some ground on the Utah Jazz tonight after they lost to the Washington Wizards. And it seems like every time we have that little opportunity, it slips by and we don't we don't mm-hmm. ultimately win those games. So uh, definitely plenty to unwrap here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So if you're joining us in the YouTube, the uh, the Twitter, or the Facebook we appreciate it. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Uh, comment with your fellow Jamsters who are watching along with you. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review there as well. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida, and you can follow Matthew on Twitter. Uh, Matthew Lissy. I know it's Thursday, Matthew, but you know what? I'm popping one? here, man. Wow, you know, look at you. It's been <sighs> three days. Our three uh, episodes, right? You've been sober for three episodes. I think so. I'm proud and, of you. And then the sun's go and do this to me, man. So <laughs> I'm gonna. Well, I'll pop, pop one up tomorrow over. night. All okay, right. there you go. Drink that water. I'll have this beer. Drink them if you uh, if you're watching along with us, Suns fans. Because Lord knows that we're gonna need this one. All right, let's That's talk true. about this game against the good old uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm clicking and nothing's happening. <laughs> Missy, you got to drive. <laughs> Click oh, the crap. All right, here. Hold on one second. Live. All right, so I think essentially what has happened is when I cracked open that beer, I've got a touch screen computer, oh. and it my mouse is touching it the whole time. So Matthew, you okay. might have to be the MC this time. Oh yeah. See, I'm clicking <laughs> things and nothing's working. Nothing's so working. Matthew, all right. you're in charge, brother. Right, you got to bring up all we'll the see segments. How good this goes. All right. It's a perfect night to start this on a terrible loss. We won't have as many viewers 
there won't be as many people watching tonight. So let's just play around like the Suns did tonight. All right. Yeah, go for it. Director Matthew. So uh, let's. what did you see? Let's start with the most basic question for you, Matthew. Uh, what do you think of the Minnesota green jerseys? Oh, I was ready for that question. You ask me this every time. I, I can't stand them. I actually think about them walking out of the tunnel and how embarrassed they would be walking out and just like having to play in that. I know they've played in them so many times, but... Do they ever get used to it? Because I don't. I can't stand them. What do you think? Because I don't remember what you said last time. I don't know. They look like uh, Nickelodeon. Like the Minnesota Timberwolves Slime got time. slimed. So yeah. that was kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of them. I do like kind of the way that they're... Uh, ah, fuck them. Fuck the jersey. Whatever. <laughs> you know? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pissed about this game, man. Like, I shouldn't oh. be pissed. You know, the Suns are, are really, you know, it's still in a good spot. They're not a bad team by any measure. Uh, there was a lot of things kind of going against this Suns tonight. I feel that they just ultimately couldn't help. I mean, if you think about it, you have DeAndre Ayton, you know, going up against Carl Anthony Towns, and Towns is just eviscerating him. And then you have the the uh, the refs kind of playing against him as well. You know, a lot of ticky tacky calls yes. there. You know, so I think that it might be a little bit early for Ayton Watch Twenty Twenty One. I wanted to press it, but I think I got my mouse to work again. (laughs) I think, I think it's a good place to start this one. Uh, What did you see from DeAndre Ayton tonight? And first and foremost, congratulations to DeAndre Ayton. You can't spell daddy without D a, I, no one had any idea that he was about to be a father. And now that we know this information, a lot of you people just should just feel like assholes. He's had a lot (laughs) on his mind this year. He, so what he didn't catch the ball. Hopefully he catches the baby. Yeah, and I was the one saying last pod, I'm like, what did, or maybe it was a pod before, I was like, what did DeAndre do in like the offs, not the offseason, the all-star break? Was he playing? Was he practicing? No, he was having a baby. So I feel like a jerk. This is why I don't like to go too hard against guys. It's like, are you, are they actually playing? What are they doing with their off time? Because you never know what a guy's going through and it's a new baby. Does he look like, does he remind you of a Papa Ricky last year when Papa Ricky had his newborn? And Rick Ricky Rubio just went through like a two-week stretch where he was just kind of not not hot garbage, but a little bit of garbage. So we might see that now with Aiden. But Aiden, he was okay. It's just the foul trouble. He never got into into sync with anything that was going on the floor. And a lot of times, too, when I was watching Aiden down the block open, Paul looked like, again, he was looking at a ghost and couldn't pass him the ball. And there's a lot of that going on. That's the one thing that drove me nuts. I thought Aiden played a pretty decent game. Uh, he he seemed like he was up for the match early against um Cat. Cat mm-hmm. though for some reason tonight played like a superstar i don't even think he had one of these games yet this season him and edwards came and they they crushed the suns but cat for some reason knew that aiden has good games against him so he's just like you know i'm gonna turn it up i'm gonna make sure that aiden is you know held within check a little and he was uh, defensive end aiden couldn't do anything against him and against anybody he was not a presence in the paint at all he was still kind of running and hiding on offense a little bit um not really looking to get open when he would pass the ball up to booker and other people and other players so that's what i saw it's just him not having his way tonight but when he gets into foul trouble which we haven't seen too much this year except for the True. beginning of the season it, it's just it's tough for a player to get going especially like da when he needs the passes he needs the possessions to continue to uh, improve throughout the game so it was almost impossible for him to get going especially if he's out there at the end of the game it's like i can't really trust him because he hasn't gotten the use of the ball yet so i don't really trust him in the offense when he's not playing as many minutes towards the end 
Yeah, he just he couldn't get going. I mean, six for eight from the field, 14 points, seven rebounds. And Carl Anthony Town is a tough matchup for him. Uh, but he's like you mentioned, he's played well against him in the past. But the the zebras were really, you know, calling some ticky tacky fouls on him, man. There was about two yeah. or three of his six total fouls. I really feel like like, like there was one where essentially uh, he was just going for the steal and he stole the ball and they called a foul. And that was like foul number three. And it's just like, man, it's uh, just really ridiculous how kind of uh, hard they were refereeing him tonight. Mm-hmm. And then you couple that with Carl Anthony Towns ability to just score at will. And we know that he's an elite player and he's really starting to round into form this season. And it was almost kind of recipe for disaster. And I feel like it was almost a premonition. Eddie Johnson continually on this broadcast was mentioning the scoring capability of both Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. And he's like, listen, you do not want this game close at the end because these guys, you, we, we, the Suns aren't stopping them. They can't stop them tonight. And it was almost comical how this team just completely and utterly relied on two players to essentially score the all of their points. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns ended the game with 41 points. You had Anthony Edwards had a total of 42 points. The team overall scored a total of uh, 123 points that comes out to 67% scoring from two guys. I've watched basketball for a long, long time. I can't remember actually ever watching a game in which two guys went for 40 points a pop, man. No, especially this year with the Suns, you don't really see a guy even get 40 points this year. Booker did it once. And I believe that's it for this team. So it's different for us to see this because we're not used to it this year. But you're right. I've never seen even the Suns go up an opponent where they give up that many points. Maybe a a group of three or four. Maybe the starting lineup can get 80 points together. But two guys that are just absolutely unstoppable tonight. Edwards, he's getting the Zion Williamson treatment. I was watching Zion two nights ago, and it's funny. I was listening to Ryan Russillo. He had the same exact takes I had where it was like Zion had the ball every possession towards the end except for when they wanted to get ingram the ball just to kind of share it to give him like you know he they kind of think it's his team still which is not zion is unstoppable in a way to where they're giving edwards the ball almost the same exact way where edwards is kind of unstoppable i know he had a lot of shot attempts in the last few games and he's handling the ball every possession but you need to do that this guy is kind of unreal i don't know if it's because he is a rookie there's no game plan against him having this many touches that might be a thing but him getting to the rim, him shooting the three, not not lights out, but him just being comfortable enough to shoot it like a like a lamello ball kind of in a way to where he's just shooting the ball whenever he wants. That's what he's going. That's what's going on. And then you have Cat, who is a perfect guy next to Edwards, unlike what Zion has in Ingram, to where it's kind of just you know it's kind of yucky in a way to where Ingram kind of needs to go to another team and have his own team if he can, even though he's like a third best guy on the team. And Cat is he's the first best guy on this team. And then Edwards is stepping up to the, to the plate. And he's just saying, no, this is my team in the future. And if they start building this chemistry, this is what's going to happen. People are going to overlook them. They're going to come in and just annihilate a team where Edwards looks like he's bigger than any player on that court tonight. For some reason, he just looked gigantic. Like the Suns could just not stop this guy. 
Yeah, he was a beast, unbelievable in physical. You know, former football player, somebody who they mentioned in the NF or in the NBA draft that he was, you know, kind of late coming to basketball. He's more of a physical player, but ended up ultimately choosing basketball too. Yeah. The fact that he ended up being six six, uh, Mega Giants eighty nine says in the YouTube chat. Edwards and Towns went Kobe and Shaq mode against the Suns tonight, and that's a very accurate description. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, with Zion playing next to. Uh, Ingram, it's two forwards, so it's really kind of hard to. They're they're trying to occupy occupy the same space, and it's not not necessarily effective because Ingram isn't the greatest uh, shooter. Where and you know he's long and he's kind of like a Mikael Bridges esque, where he can you know he likes to beat you off the dribble and get to the rim. Well, that's the space that Zion lives in, so it's hard for those two to really coexist. Whereas yeah. Edwards and Towns, I mean, this is something that you're going to have to you'll you'll see in the future as this team starts to figure out how to play. I mean, we saw it tonight. Offensively, they're just unstoppable. Now, granted, this team is defensively not a good team. Uh, unfortunately, the Suns just couldn't shut down anybody in that fourth quarter. Ultimately, you know, the the Minnesota Timberwolves put up a total of 40 points on the Suns in the fourth quarter, and the Suns only scored 28, and that's how they lost by four. They were up eight entering the fourth, and they just, you know, the, the rotation that Monty had wasn't effective out there with Langston Galloway and I think Abdul Nader was still out there at that time, you know, so it's just, it, they kind of couldn't hold down the fort, if you will. But, but back to Anthony Edwards, you know, this kid is special. Um, it's really like, when's the last time you saw a rookie have a green light like he has? Oh, I mean, it doesn't really happen. I mean, that's new NBA. I think, I think they're trending in that direction. It's like these coaches who might be on a hot seat. It's like, if they get fired, their first year with a rookie like Anthony Edwards, who might be a superstar, who knows this guy, it's kind of hard to tell. He's still very, very young, a really great game today. But if, if it's a coach thinking like, let's just play the veterans, let's get this rookie some touches, whatever, but not focusing on the rookie. And then he gets fired. I'm like, why did I not give him the ball? Every possession? Why did I not start out the offense with him having the ball? Like the way Zion is doing now, I know Zion didn't even play his rookie season. Hardly. So it's different the second year with him. They're just now realizing like these guys are phenomenal talent talents. They know how to pass. They're athletic as hell. They're big. Like Edwards is bigger than I even thought. Like I, I didn't mm-hmm. know he was that big. That's why he got to the line so much. Cause he's so overly aggressive and powerful down there that anyone touching him, it's just, it's a foul. They can't stop him. That's why he's getting to the line so much. So it makes sense for this to happen. I think it's just a new trend really for the NBA. And I like the way it's going. If it's going to lead this way. So I went on to basketball reference and I kind of fine tuned it and entering this game, Anthony Edwards averages 15.6 field goal attempts a game. Now tonight he had 31. So he only doubled pretty much his overall field goal attempts per game. So that number is going to jump up pretty drastically. But if you go back and you look at rookies over the past few years at relative to that number, 15 point, what did I say? 15.6. Uh, here's the guys who have shot more than 15.6 in the last 10 years. This is field goal attempts a game uh, as a rookie. Doncic did it his rookie year. He had 16.5. You have Donovan Mitchell shot 17.2 field goal attempts a game as a rookie. Uh, keep going down. Dame was less th- or Dame had 15.7 when he was a rookie in 2012 slash 13. Blake Griffin, 16.8. Tyreek Evans, 16.2. Uh, and OJ Mayo when he played with the Memphis Grizzlies as a rookie was 15.6. So it's not something you necessarily see a lot. You know, Trey Young had 15.5. So he's one shy of, you know, but that's, that's a moot point. But I mean, it just goes to show you, as you mentioned, you know, 
you're seeing this a lot more. If you go back before that, I mean, it really becomes like once every five years, is there a guy who shoots anything close to the, that number of field goal attempts? So it's definitely the modern NBA, which makes sense is more field goal attempts per, but I mean, just the free reign that they're letting this kid have is allowing him a, the ability to be a scorer. And you can't fault him for what he, you know, the way that he played tonight, he came in saying, I'm going to shoot the shit out of the ball. And he did. And, you know, the thing that we talked about on last pod, the one thing that you look at this game and you get fearful of is if they come out and they gain that confidence, the last thing you want is to lose two games in a row to the worst team in the NBA. Then you have problems. Like, this is a blip. This is one of those yeah. things that can be a learning opportunity. We can say all those, you know, nice things. As fans, obviously, we're pissed. We can sit here and really start to rail on the refs because I think the refs were just typical kind of dog shit tonight. Here's the total fouls tonight. The Suns committed a total of 30 fouls. The Minnesota Timberwolves, the worst team in the NBA, committed 16. Like, come on, man. You tweeted it out. Booker should have been fouled, you <laughs> yeah. know, 10 times. They didn't call anything uh, as per usual. Again, the, the lack of respect is almost, uh, it's abysmal. You know, so the the from a free throw disparity, we were outscored 10 points um, from the, that perspective. And if you look at three-pointers, I mean, we outscored them by 12 points there. So, I mean, it's just, if we had gotten a few more free throws, it, it would have been a much, you know, it would have been a dub. But again, for some reason, I don't know why the Suns never get the calls. And I hate to sit and go, well, but it's the it's the refs, you know, that's, you know, but because it's not, it's so much more than that. It's, you know, DA wasn't, didn't have an opportunity to get locked in. CP3 wasn't necessarily focused at all times. Uh, Booker as well. And I'll talk about Booker here in a second. But what, what were you, your thoughts on the refereeing? Oh, well, I mean, I noticed it the most in the first half or the first quarter when I tweeted out, like, he should have been in the line 10 times. He should have. We're talking, I'm talking about Booker. Yeah. The way he would get to the rim and the body contact he would draw, it just is like, ugh, foul. It's like, you know, it, it's a foul. If you're watching any other game in the league and it's not a foul, it's crazy. I mean, no matter who it is on the court, no matter the respect or the lack of respect these guys have, it doesn't matter. A lot of those were fouls. Him getting to the rim and he was just getting swarmed and swatted at, on the body. It, it sh there should have been a lot more calls for Booker. I don't know where that kind of went towards the end. I mean, I, I, it's a lot of energy, of course, for Booker to have to spend to get to the line every 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 possession. But, I mean, he had 32 points in the third quarter, and then he finished with 35. You know, it's hard to get that back. I think it, for him, it was just difficult. The whole, all, the whole offense couldn't find anything. No luck at all, really. And they just seemed so small compared to what the Wolves were doing on the defensive end. And just swarming them. They just had no chance. Booker didn't either. He couldn't get anything to go down at the end because mm -hmm. he just lost. He was in a funk. And the free throw, this is like the first time I'll mention the pod really where I am kind of upset with the ref refereeing. I usually don't go into that with everybody else. I usually stay away. I'm like, Sun should have won. Sun should have won because they're the better team. But tonight it was kind of bullshit with Booker not getting the calls. I'll admit and I, that. And and I was tracking it, okay? Booker versus Carl Anthony Towns. In the first quarter, Booker scored 16 points. Carl Anthony Towns scored 12. In the second quarter, Booker had five. Carl Anthony Towns had seven. In the third quarter, both of them had 11. And then, as you mentioned, Booker only had three in the fourth quarter. Carl Anthony Towns had 11. So they went away from Booker, the guy who was carrying the team. And, you know, uh, I think... 
I, Eddie mentioned that on the broadcast too. You know, he's like, yeah. everyone on this team isn't really engaged. Booker's engaged. Bridges is engaged. And I'll talk about him in a minute here. Uh, he had a fantastic game, in my he opinion, did. one of his best of the year. But the rest of the team just wasn't really feeling it. You were seeing a lot of choppy play. And again, that comes from the refereeing. But most importantly, it was the turnovers in this game. I mean, you want to go, okay, the refs, it kind of sucks. You know, the Suns uh, ended up with a total of, what, 14 more fouls than the yeah. Minnesota Timberwolves. That sucks. There's no excuse for that. You know, the referees, I, I'd like to see kind of their reports or whatever and, and see how valid some of those foul calls were. But you go to the turnovers, and the Suns had 22. 22 turnovers. The Minnesota Timberwolves ended with a total of 12 turnovers. You look at this season for the Suns, 22 turnovers. Where do you think that ranks relative to our total turnovers this year? How many times have we had uh, more turnovers than 22? Uh, three times. Zero. Okay. This was our worst game of the year relative to turnovers. We had 10 turnovers in the first quarter. There's 13 games this season that we've had 10 or less. You're not going to win a game if you have 22 turnovers. Our other game that we had 21, we've had 21 turnovers twice. Okay. One of them was a win against the Detroit Pistons. The other was a loss to the Detroit Pistons. So, I mean, that's that's kind of where this whole podcast could eventually, eventually start and end. We could come on here and be like, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Is John wearing a Suns Jam Session Podcast hat? I was just going to comment. Yes, he <laughs> is. Beautiful, and right? The Suns turned the ball over a shit ton of times, didn't get a couple calls. They lost to the worst team in the NBA by three points. Maybe it's... Fuck. <laughs> Hey, Sorry, <laughs> a freaking man. They, they lost one twenty three to one one nineteen. I think I had the wrong yeah graphic up there. Yeah, there you Sorry, go. I just said something. Put go. up the right graphic there. Sorry. Sorry, faithful jamsters. There's a lot of people who are pissed off in the chat. It is so uh, humble. <laughs> humble rumble. I think is somebody who's just going off in the chat. Just you know, trade yeah. everybody. All that you know. So big mosh pit going on right now. It's all know, good, everybody. You know, it's, it's all good. The but end it's of the world. It's actually, frustrating for sure. It's been one. I mean, we've had a couple losses where it's like, you know what? They just didn't play well. You can tell they were just down. But this was just nasty. The turnovers, twenty-two. I oh. mean, twenty of them were just thrown right at the Minnesota Timberwolves bodies. Like the bodies that were out there, there was no lanes there. There was nothing open. Just the ball was thrown away or just yes. lost out of bounds. I it hate was just turnovers. The, that's the nasty part of. That's the frustrating part. That's the thing that gives Monty Williams hemorrhoids. It's things like that. It's gonna be simple things like turnovers. Uh, just not competing in the way they should. Like you said, we'll talk about Mikael Bridges. Him and Booker are the only ones tonight that deserve like a stat line reading. Them <laughs> too. That is it. I don't know who else. Chris Paul didn't really show, but I don't want to get into the blame game of blaming these guys of having an off night. I'm just saying those are the only two guys that really showed up tonight and had a chance when they had the ball. They're the only ones I trusted that, oh, maybe we'll have a chance to win if they can jack up a three. But nothing went in for them either. I like what Kenneth Payne says in the chat. He says, looks like we didn't practice the last three days. It really did. It almost looked like the Suns came out. And they were using this game as a practice for tomorrow's yeah. game, knowing that they're playing the worst team in the NBA. And unfortunately, that's just kind of where we're at. You know, the, I don't the Suns, I, yeah, I, you know, you, you should win this game. And it sucks that you don't, but we're still in a great position. And, you know, hopefully the great thing about this is that this isn't uh, the team of the, you know, years past where essentially – 
Igor Kokoshkov's going in there and trying to yell at the team, and the team has no idea what he's saying, nor do they understand what his mission statement is. Monty yeah. Williams is an excellent motivator. This team will come out crisp tomorrow, and I wouldn't be surprised if the team if this team wins by 15 points tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, and they were talking about too. They just played the the Portland Trail Blazers, I think, a week ago, back to back. Same thing. They split the game, so mm-hmm. this is going to happen, I guess. Splitting games, uh, it just I feel like if the NBA were to go to that, where we play back to back games against the same team. I think that's going to happen more often than not. So I don't know if that's really good for the NBA because you don't want to have it too much to where these guys, you know, if you play the team after you just won, it's going to be hard to beat them again. You can't, even in a seven-game series, like the back-to-back wins are very hard to come by. So I I think this might be something they move away from. Even though I was kind of a fan, like, hey, maybe this is a baseball-style way to do it. It might be interesting, but it doesn't really look like it's going that way. No, it'll be interesting to see how they utilize this scheduling tactic moving forward. Uh, let's let's throw some of those stat lines out there, okay? Devin Booker, oh. 35 points tonight, 13 of 22. And what's interesting is he had 21 points in the first half, and he was 7 for 10 shooting. So he ended his night 3 for 12. So that kind of shows you yeah. how his inefficiency, you know, when the team's not engaged and Devin Booker's doing the, the heavy lifting – they're going to ultimately falter because if he goes on one of those cold streaks and he gets fatigued from trying to carry the team, this is what happens. And it, you definitely notice it. Like we both mentioned in the fourth quarter, just, you know, only the three points, uh, just not, not really acceptable in my opinion. You know, you need some more help out there uh, from the bench. You know, the bench wasn't necessarily as effective as uh, I thought it would be. Dario Sarge, not really the greatest night, man. You know, he really wasn't effective. No, he wasn't. Actually, I was just looking at the Phoenix app thing. They asked Frank Kaminsky's stat line. I actually guessed it right. Zero points and two rebounds. That's what I guessed for him oh, to have. That to town. Way I to go, to man. Yes, yeah, no, I, 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 saw I think did. I get a free tank top. So You, you, you win a Frank the delete. Tank shirt. I hope to God I do. I hope they didn't delete it or something. But um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Dario had even the, like, the last game. It was a tough game. I think when he gets built up so much, when he he's the guy now people are talking about six man of the year. You even hear other podcasts nationwide talking about Dario Saric, six man of the year award contender. Things like this happen to these players where they just kind of, you know, I don't know if it's because of the spotlights on them and the defenders want to play better against it. They don't want Dario Saric to beat them on the offensive end. That might be an issue, but he just kind of had a few letdown games here. I know he'll bounce back, so I'm not too worried about that, but there's just uh, guys who kind of went missing. I think even um, Abdel Nader, he kind of started out slow and he was turning the ball over offensive fouls, doing like the nasty stuff he does sometimes. Yeah. So when that starts to happen, it, it takes like the rest of the team to kind of get hot. The rest of the, the starters and some of the bench players get hot for Abdel Nader to finish the game kind of strong. And it, that just couldn't happen for him tonight. So the bench, I mean, they played absolutely not the, they didn't play the correct way tonight. They didn't help the Suns in any any way. But I, I just don't think that you can really blame these guys. I think it was just it was tough. Just nothing was really going. There was a lot of wide open spots, shots, and just really quick. Uh, Devin Booker, I feel like he was still trying to find his teammates and trust his teammates with wide open shots, and they just weren't going down either. So I think that was kind of a blow to him in a way to where he was kind of trying to play make out there, and it just wasn't working out for him. No, agreed. And just to verify real quick. I have it. I don't know if you could see that, but yes, you are the winner on the Phoenix fans app. Yes. Focusing Matthew on that. P. Lissy. says, Matthew Lissy, you are the winner. So you get a Frank the Tank shirt, my man. Do they, do they have extra large? I don't know why I'm asking you. I yeah. Hope they have extra yeah. Large. Well, I got the Dario shirt from their merchandise, and that's an extra large. So Zero points, two rebounds. <laughs> Zero points, two rebounds. Nice. Yeah. I, I watched the game last night. So I. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you were writing for it for Brightside, so you knew it was going to happen. So, yeah, um, I, Nader's stuff. Like, I love Nader. I really do. You know, I'm definitely uh, not a Nader hater. I love Pyramid Poppy. I love the fact that he drives and gets to the rim. And I've mentioned it numerous times. The fact that he forces the issue is one of my favorite things about him. I mean, look at the Suns again. They didn't shoot nearly any free throws in this game. A total of 19 total free throws. Four of them came from Nader. That was second behind Booker. Because he forces the issue, it's not pretty, it's not sexy, but uh, it it's it's definitely frustrating to watch sometimes. And then he kind of gets in rhythm; he'll hit a three, and you're like, okay, well, I guess we got to. Yeah, keep him. exactly. I can't, I can't really, uh, <laughs> I can't really say anything negative about him. Um, <clears throat> Mikael Bridges, man, I want to talk about Mikael Bridges. I was really enjoying watching Mikael Bridges play basketball tonight. He's somebody who continues to grow. And, you know, when you watch him, it's like the first half, especially it was one of the best first halves he's ever played. In my opinion, he was active. He was setting up his teammates. He was pesky on defense. The, the ceiling is so high for him. His basketball IQ is just off the charts. And you see him grow and realize the more that he touches the ball and impacts the game on both sides, the better this team plays. It's unfortunate that, in a loss, he didn't necessarily have that full impact at the end of the game um, because he was playing so well at the beginning. You know, he had three points in the first half. He ended with 17 because he started knocking down those threes because they needed it to. But again, the offense became choppy. It was him and Booker primarily, Booker in the first half, Bridges in the second half, carrying this team. Uh, what did you see from McHale tonight? Well, first thing with McHale, I always want someone just to ask me like, hey, Mikhail Bridges, can you tell me about him? I just want to be like, he's really good. Like, I love this guy. He is great. Like, I want other teams to like try to trade for him and just tell him, like, God, this guy is just so fantastic. What I saw tonight was him draining the threes. So it basically started in reverse from what I like, where he just makes the threes and gets to the rim. But he basically his his game is just so evolved to where when he gets into the paint, he can do whatever the hell he wants. And you saw that with those little fadeaways, the little 12 foot fadeaways mm -hmm. that I love around the rim. Those are so perfectly crisp. And I think they're super easy for him once he gets down in there, even though it looks like a praying mantis like on its back trying to like shoot the basketball. It, he just it's like a layup for him. So more of that is always, always, always good. I mean he had a hard time i think when he was trying to guard carl anthony towns when deandre ayton was in foul trouble so that was the one part where it sucked for him because he has to deal a lot on the defensive end because he's still the guy guarding the superstars on the other team and there was just too much for him to deal with tonight there was no help really for from other players on def on the defense to help him out especially when these guys are just going off this way to where they're just playing absurd there's nothing he can really do more than what he did tonight uh offensively though if he has these games these 17 point games where he's just inside and outside you don't really want anything more from him you don't want to ask any anything more from him otherwise he'll be spent i feel mm -hmm. like energy wise no you're right and i think defensively the only other guy who was necessarily helping him was chris paul uh, he was very pesky and you know swatting the ball. I mean, yes, he had that he, he had that one play. Let's see, I think I actually have it right here where you know he's got a two-on-one fast break. He steals the ball, uh -huh. he he runs the fast break, he hits Mikhail Bridges, who goes up and then dishes to eight, eight and an eight and gets the dunk. You know, so I mean it's just beautiful defense leading to offense, but unfortunately, he got ISO'd. And I'm talking about CP3, he got ISO'd a lot on Edwards. And I thought that happened a little too much in this game. You want bridges on Edwards, obviously, any chance you can. And they weren't necessarily running high switches to get into those matchups. Like Booker was taking Rubio. 
and CP3 was taking the other guard, which was Anthony Edwards in this game. Do you think that was the right strategy, or do you? Th- I'm like, because I didn't see Bridges on Edwards a whole bunch. Did you, or did I miss? No, him? I, I was going to ask you that too. I'm like, did I miss him actually guarding Edwards a lot? Because I thought I would see him. Not more. a lot. I mean, he did it, but he it wasn't a lot. It's impossible though. The right right now, it's just impossible. If you're the best defensive player on the team. They're going to switch away from you, especially if you have Edwards, who already looks like a good ISO player. Maybe not great yet, but he can get to the rim at will. He's going to find the mismatch right away if either it's him or the coaching staff or the rest of the team they're going to find him the ball against like you said chris paul or anybody smaller that way he can just get around him get to the rim and do what he wants to do or shoot the three he shoots three from two feet behind the line so yeah. that's that's his deal that's every rookie coming in the league now shoots a three point and he uh, walks into it it looks so clean it does it looks good it doesn't even look like it's him like yeah. I, when he first shot his two the two threes. I was like, is that Anthony Edwards? I'm like, wow, it was, that was a nice release and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, those switches are something we have to like, the Suns have to just worry about in the future because it's going to happen a lot when we play these better teams with the, with the bigger and better superstars. Well, and again, you know, they're not the better team, but they do have guys who potentially could become superstars. And that was the book on Anthony Edwards coming to the draft. That's why he became the number one overall pick is because essentially he was the best scoring option in the league coming out of the University of Georgia. James Wiseman was the best shot blocker slash rebounder and LaMelo Ball was the best passer and you know, all three of those guys have kind of lived up to their billing. Uh, Jalen Smith was the best guy who wears goggles and doesn't get minutes on a team. Tyrese Halliburton was the best guy to be passed over by the Sun. So, I mean, it was a very interesting draft. And Anthony Edwards is living up to his stock. I mean, I'm glad he I'm is. not watching Sports Center tonight because they're going to be showing him. He had a bunch of highlight dunks. I think they were talking about the broadcast, like the over-under on his total dunks was like five or something, and they should have taken the over. I mean, it was just, you know, again, we'll uh, – We'll really see how he responds tomorrow and how the Suns respond to him with their defensive matchups. And and that's something that I love about this team. And I'm, I'm sorry if everybody showed up here pissed off and wants to hear us just rant and rave. I don't think we're really kind of in that mindset. I, you haven't been very ranty and neither have I. I just think that this sucks that we lost to a, the shittiest team in the NBA, but they're a team that's been playing a lot better since they've had a head coaching change. Carl Anthony Towns is starting to round into shape. The Suns turned the ball over too much. I mean, so it's like it's going to happen. You're not going to win every game. What I'm excited to see tomorrow is adjustments, and I think that that's something that Monty Williams has done a very good job of, and he did that again tonight going into the third quarter. I mean, we pushed the lead up to 15 because the Suns adjusted to what they were doing, and ultimately they just couldn't hold out and, and get, get out of their own way, if you will. The fouls, the turnovers, you can't get out of your own way. So I'm really excited to see tomorrow night how they play and how they respond to this and how that matchup is with Edwards. If we continue to see Paul on him or if we see more Mikhail Bridges or, or, you know, if maybe we'll even get the new guy who we haven't even talked about and we'll talk about here momentarily. Uh, Let's see, um, maybe Torrey Craig, who's somebody who's known to guard. He's he's a small forward who's six foot seven, but he's known to guard the – the shooting yeah. guard or the point guard. That's where I was looking at advanced stats. Somebody had posted on Twitter that I think of the hundred percent total, you know, pie chart, if you will, I think 76% of the time he'll, he'll guard a point guard and 26% of the time. And that doesn't make sense. Cause that's not math. Uh, he'll, he'll point a, or he'll guard the shooting guard. So we'll see there. Yeah. I mean, it's great. The death we added with Tori, uh, 
Tory Craig. Tory Craig. The, <laughs> the depth we added with him. I mean, that that's just exactly what we need. But yeah, like you were saying before with adjustments with Monty, that's just the way we have to adjust to as podcasters because we know the Suns are going to come back out. They might go on a four-game win streak, so we don't want to be up here yelling at everybody for having an off game and just look observe the next game when you know uh, Edwards probably scores 12 points tonight and the Suns, lo- Suns win by like 25 points. That's probably what's going to happen because of the adjustments. But Craig mm-hmm. added to this team, you know, defensive versatility, not so much offense, of course, but that's just awesome. I love he's he's bigger. He's longer. He's he's a guy that can come in like the rest of our bench to where, you know, you're seeing Nader, you're seeing Galloway, you're seeing these guys sporadic minutes. Just who knows who's going to come in? That's another one of these guys who's going to come in and just give you the good minutes whenever he's there to play in the game when Monty chooses him to come into the game, he's going to give you those stellar minutes. Sometimes it's hit or miss with these guys, but he'll be the same way. He'll be welcomed. He might have a shitty game. He might not score any points. People are like, why do we have this guy? Because of defensive reasons. And I, and I love that a defensive team like the Suns getting better defensively is nothing but good. Nothing but a hundred percent pure greatness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess we're jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, we'll talk, well, let's, let, let's dish this out real quick and then we'll talk mm-hmm. about Mr. Tory Craig. Who is your, Jam star of the game. let's do it. it. It's tough. It's tough in this game, considering it's a loss, <laughs> considering uh, everything that went on, you know, if you were to ask me through three quarters, who my jam star of the game was, I would have given it to Devin Booker, considering at that point he had 32 total points. But the fact that he ended the game, you know, and, and he ended with 35. So it's, it's hard to have somebody go for 35 and you're like, no. But I really liked Mikhail tonight. I really liked what I saw in 34 total minutes, six or 10 from the field, four for seven from downtown, five or yeah, five rebounds, eight assists from Mikhail. That's a season high for him with yeah. 17 total points. I was and and everything he does on defense, the peskiness, the hustle, just everything kind of combined a complete game for Mikhail, in my opinion. Matthew, who is your GM star of the game? I think it's Devin Booker. I mean, he had a he had a rough fourth quarter. Like you said, I thought he was gonna have 40 easy. I didn't know the Wolves would have yeah. two 40 pointers. And Booker, if you were to tell me that, I'd be like, Yeah, you're crazy, right? You don't know. And then it happened. Booker didn't score 40, and the other two guys did on the other team. Fuckers. Um I'm gonna still I'm gonna still give it to him because I think the biggest reason is he was hot. He was he was killing it tonight. He had two alley-oops, two alley. I think those are his first two first yeah. alley-oops ever, right? <laughs> Unless someone can prove me wrong, those are his first alley-oops. Even I'm though sure one he's was had like other layup. ones. He, he might have, yeah, in Kentucky or something, but <laughs> I've never seen it in the Suns uniform. But he, I think he earns it because he still continued to trust his teammates. I, he still tried to play, make, push the ball around. It wasn't really his fault. Like the bench came in and laid an egg in the third quarter. They couldn't really keep the keep the lead. Uh, I think it got down to three with them in there. So the the starting unit had to come back quicker. And it might had a, it might have had to do with um, just Devin Booker and the starting lineup just thinking this game might be over and they can get some rest in the fourth quarter. So then when you come back in, it's like oh shit, you know I I got to come back in and do overtime. That's what it might have felt like. That's why it's such an off fourth quarter. But Mikael Bridges, man, the eight assists. It's hard not to give it to him. I'm just gonna go the other way and just give it to Booker just to shout him out because we always have these awards and I feel like we just never give it to him enough. 
I know, and you're right. And the another reason I picked seventeen and eight is that's pretty much what you said. Mikhail was going to average this year at the beginning of the year when we were doing like Jammy Awards. You're like he was going to average seventeen and nine, but the nine was rebounds, not assists. Yeah. You know, and, and I was yeah. like, whoa, man! Like he's averaged like three. So uh, looking at the chat again, if you're watching along live, go ahead and hit the thumbs up button and please subscribe. We're ever so close to nine hundred subscribers. So if you could help us out, Jamsters, tell a friend, subscribe, hit the little bell. It will remind you when we go live. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Kenneth Payne said Edwards, which is I, yeah. it's not even Edwards. Carlton Towns is this GM star of the game because he was unbelievably efficient in this game. We haven't talked about him enough. We talked about him relative to DeAndre Ayton, how DeAndre Ayton was having a hard time guarding him, even though Ayton didn't get too many of uh, opportunities because he was in foul trouble the whole time. But six for seven from the free throw line, five for seven from deep. 15 for 24. So 24 shots, 41 points. That's efficiency, my friend. Edwards, 31 shots, 42 points, less efficient. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns also had 10 rebounds and 8 assists. I mean, he was just completely and utterly a beast tonight. So, I mean, and I didn't say I didn't say obese. I said a beast. So, no, he's, he's not. A, he's not. Sorry, he's not at all. No, I'm just saying it's he's <laughs> he's truly the jam star. Uh, okay. You have code in the chat. He says, Mikhail, you have uh, Grim Ripper says big dick D.A. <laughs> uh, what have we started? Oh, da- it's Daddy Dick D.A. now, dude. Oh, yeah. Daddy Dick D.A. Daddy Dick D.A. Oh, man, that could be the new thing. Jeez. Is that weird? I don't know why I said that. Uh, it's well, I mean, it's just it's that- the way it goes. <laughs> the way it goes um let's see yeah so i mean that's pretty much it everyone's just talking shit about da in the chat so i mean when the suns lose it's da's fault every time you know he he didn't catch two passes that were kind of uh bounced his way you know Mm -hmm. other guys drop the ball all the time and throw the ball out of bounds but it's always da's fault um ricky rubio real quick oh yeah go ahead ricky rubio how how bittersweet was it seeing ricky rubio play and having like uh devin booker guard him and at the same time, mm-hmm. I realize I don't miss his line drive free throws. I don't. Yeah, I don't miss his little layups, too, by the rim where he gets blocked. Every he got time. blocked, man. I mean, he, he's out there with two guys that are playing ISO games, not looking for a pass or a cut, really. So he's playing a different game than the rest of the T-Wolves right now with their two stars. They're not even stars. They just had a really fucking good game tonight. Well, yeah, actually, Cat is a cat's a star. Cat's but, a star, man. Yeah, just really two two great two great players that play a really well ISO game. So it's tough for him out there. I kind of felt bad, of course. He's on a losing team. It's nice to see him back. But you can see why, like, Dave King, a lot of people thought he would be, like, a backup point guard because it's just, it's nothing solid. Even though Chris Paul didn't really match him well tonight, uh, Rubio was just, it, it's kind of sad to watch. But it's nice to have him back, dude. See that hair? I want to see that commercial again. Maybe they'll have a bootleg copy of it sent Get to my Get that apartment. on here for you. <laughs> we'll, yeah. just, we'll play it on the podcast for everybody. Share. Don't be an asshole. Don't keep it for yourself. Uh, six <laughs> points for Ricky Rubio on one of five shooting, uh, four for four free throws, and he had five assists. So, I mean, I don't remember really offhand. I remember roughly, but if you combine Ricky Rubio's return to Phoenix with Kelly Oubre's return to Phoenix, I think their total uh, made field goals is two out of like 16 shots. So they went two for 16 combined in the return to Phoenix. Yeah. So it hasn't really worked out for those guys. Welcome so welcome back, guys. Uh, and we'll see you again tomorrow night. So we'll see mm-hmm. how it goes with old Papa Ricky. Maybe can give Papa big, big, whatever. <laughs> Thoughts. Um, brains? So you mentioned it earlier. We yeah. now have a new member of the Phoenix Suns. Tori Craig joins the the team for cast considerations. And for those of you who 
our avid Twitter followers, and you know our buddy Espo over at the Sun Solar Panel. He's had a running joke kind of going with cash considerations because that's what we gave up for uh, TJ Warren. So, you know, there's a lot of funny things that people are talking about relative to that. You know, like, oh, cash considerations, you know, three great years and we traded you. Because essentially that's what the Suns did is they gave up some cash. They got Torrey Craig. They didn't give up anything. No round, uh, no draft picks and whatnot. You know, so essentially in return, you get a uh, – Guy who plays small forward, he's six foot seven, two hundred twenty-one pounds. He's in his fourth NBA season. The first three he spent with Denver, and he spent the uh, this season not getting very much playing time at all with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, what are your, you know, you you mentioned some of your thoughts on yeah. Torrey Craig. Do you think it was the right move to go and get him? Because we've talked about like the Suns could use another playmaker, perhaps, or another big guy, and they added another, not even a three and D guy, just a D guy. Sounds yeah, they did. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they could try him out, how, see how it works. I mean, two years ago in Denver, he played pretty well for that team. That mm-hmm. team was pretty good. Um, last year, I mean, this year, obviously no minutes at all. So you didn't really get to see him. So it's an opportunity for him. So I think Monty's really about that. James Jones is an opportunity. They see a guy who they really like, and they want to give him another opportunity here in Phoenix. And so far, it's worked out for a lot of guys. So if that's the same situation, I am all for it. I think it sucks that we're in the P.J. Tucker trade, and we don't get P.J. Tucker. That would have been nice to have, but good for the Bucks in getting him. Uh, I think that also having him just just in the rotation with he can play wing, he can play – he's not going to play guard. I mean, he's 6'7", he's going to play wing. So – I know we want the big guy, but that's buyout time. I think when the buyout comes, we'll get that big guy. Right now, it's nice to just have a solid defender backup. You you really don't lose anything but cash considerations, right? And how big of a deal is that anyways? <laughs> it really isn't. And you essentially, you think uh, you gave up Damian Jones and you got this guy. So hopefully you have... Uh, some better luck. Now I'm going to bring up a highlight. Okay. When I now granted, I've been working really hard the past couple of days. I haven't really been on social media. I haven't been doing anything because at my work, it's just bonkers. So You're actually essentially, oh my God, dude, you have no idea, dude. Like uh gold bond is real Ooh. these days. Motherfuckers. Is um, yeah, I'm moving. I'm moving. No, no, I'm moving. <laughs> um, so I heard Tori Craig and I'm like, why do I remember that name? And then I remembered and Matthew, you and I were at this game. Tell me, if you remember this, let me, how do I press play? We were at this game. We were at this game. Denver. Tory Craig got him. Oh no, we weren't at that game. It's in Denver. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, that's in Denver. I thought there was gonna be like two guys that look like us. I thought you're going to try to compare us to two guys that look like, Oh no, sorry. (laughs) It seems like every time we play Denver, we're at the game. And I thought that was the game where uh, Devin Booker went in the corner and got blocked. But that was, you know, the Torrey Craig memory was him blocking Devin Booker when he was trying to make a shot at the end of the game. Um, So he's somebody who, yeah, he's somebody who has those long arms. He's defensively minded. I can't argue with Monty Williams and James Jones saying, hey, let's add some more defense. You can never have too much of it. We could have used them tonight, obviously, especially with Anthony Edwards. Just throw another body out there uh, next to Mikhail Bridge and see how it goes. So, I mean, he's somebody who I'm excited to see how it works out with the Suns. He's played uh, in only 18 games this season and averaged 2.5 points. And, you know, so, I mean, he's not somebody who's going to jump off the stat sheet. Like you said, Matthew, he's going to come and play like two or three games. He won't score any points. We'll be like, what the hell was that about? But, I mean, you just gave up cash considerations. So, yeah, money, shmoney, money, shmoney. Who really cares, you know? 
And I like what Code says here. He says, am I the only Suns fan that is not a homer? Does Do anyone keep up with the rest of the league? And I like to think that we do. We, Of course, we're homers. We, we love the Suns. And we, we try. Uh, but another thing I wanted to talk about on our thoughts, because the our thoughts segment is essentially when we're looking at other aspects of the NBA and maybe how it affects the Suns. Uh, but did you hear that Trevor Reza got traded again for yeah. the 11th time in his NBA career, which is now a new uh, – that, that's a record. That's the most times anybody's ever said, I don't want this guy on my fucking team, and they traded him. Yeah, I mean, it's great. He He's a wash minutes guy, right? He gets that award every time. Is it Trevor Ariza we do that too? Yeah, the, yeah, the acid yeah. the war. Yeah, yeah, so he's actually going to earn that now. I think he might get a few minutes over there, but – I mean, in OKC, it's nice to get nice to get rid of him, and then they take on some other stuff, more picks. Of course, they get another pick out of that. But uh, Trevor Ariza and they has, got Myers Leonard out of the deal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I didn't really want to even bring that up, but yeah, they got Myers. He probably won't even play for them. He probably no. won't even play in the league ever again. No, they'll cut him quicker than yeah, shit. They've just, got forty-seven they picks. The, yeah, they just want the pick. Ariza, who as a young team, as a rebuilding team, I don't know who would really want to have Ariza on their team. So for him to actually, it's not move like he's a good vet or anything. No, he's, he's a, not. A shitty vet. He's not. Obviously, he's not. I mean, even in here, Phoenix. I mean, he does it. He does it to every other team he goes to. So, remember when the Suns traded for Ariza and you and I were just like, "What? what? Why?" And then Ryan Anderson, what? Yeah, we're like, "What? Like, Why?" What? Like that was an opportunity to you know do something with the money, and we had the, we had a window, and we're like, "All right, we can maybe get some players this season." And that was when uh, DeAndre <laughs> was a rookie. We had the number one pick. Mm-hmm. We had some cap space, and we spent it with on uh, Ryan Anderson and Trevor Ariza. We're like, we're like, <laughs> and we had to watch Rachel. We had to watch Rachel Nichols that night on ESPN on the. <laughs> yeah. on, tell, on the tell show. me, tell me what you think there. You know, yeah, uh, typical sons typical. of anarchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, good old get Rachel Nichols. All right, next segment we're gonna bring up here before we get out of here. Guess what? All right, Matthew. Well, it's the guess what segment, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, well, I've hit double digits. You I've have. Hit, I've hit double digits. I'm right. now 14 and 10 on the season as I pick the Minnesota Timberwolves to win the game. You are 16 and 8 as you predict Beautiful. them to win the game. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm two games behind. I, there's still a chance, but there was no way I was, I was picking the Wolves. We asked the following questions. Who would have more three-point attempts in this game? Carl Anthony Towns ended with a total of seven. Devin Booker ended with a total of eight. And oh, wow. I, I guessed a cat, right? Yep. I uh, and I, I, guessed, I guessed Booker, and okay. I think I won that, or who knows. Over under Bridges, 11.5 points. Uh, he got 17 points, so kudos to Mr. I over. I actually yep. remember these ones. I don't remember what I said on that one. And obviously, who wins, Suns or Wolves? So I'm going to ask yeah. you the same question as we look forward to tomorrow. You know, one thing I'm looking for tomorrow is Minnesota not wearing those stupid fucking jerseys again. Um, hopefully, the Suns are wearing the whites or something. I, I don't know. That that was actually our first loss this season in the purple uniforms, by the way. Yeah, they're three and one, right? Yeah, three four and one. one, four and one, four and one. Yes. So, what are you looking for tomorrow? 
tomorrow just a, a win <laughs> i'm looking for a win i'm looking for the sun just to knock him out i mean ej was saying it ej is always right my dad is just he's brilliant you know you can't let these guys hang around and they won't tomorrow night that's the one thing is just not letting them hang around and not turning the ball over so it's simple as that right up on the chalkboard that's what they're gonna see they're gonna slap it on the on the way out of the locker room and they're gonna kick some butt tomorrow kick some of that highlighter green ass tomorrow that's what they're gonna do <laughs> so bring, bring those <laughs> Bring those uniforms back. But I was actually close. I picked the Suns to lose against Memphis because mm -hmm. I, I can see kind of like a little losing streak thing before the rest of the season. And I was just one game off. One game off. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to happen when they go on the road here. Because if you look at their upcoming schedule, they play Minnesota again tomorrow. Then the last game of the homestand is against the Los Angeles Lakers. And mm -hmm. then they go on a quick little uh, Eastern Conference road swing against the Miami Heat, then they play the Orlando Magic, then they have to go up to Toronto, and then down to Charlotte. And I really feel like that Toronto slash Charlotte uh, stretch could be where we, you know, we might lose two or three games. I don't think we've lost three games consecutively this season. Maybe we did once. I'd have to look at this at no. the front end of the schedule. I don't think we did. I think we've lost two in a row a couple times. But we're hitting the dog days of the schedule. I mean, there's no doubt about that. The Suns are in a good position. Uh, they did lose tonight while the Lakers did win. So we are now officially the third seed in the Western conference. So again, unfortunate that you lose this game because you don't keep pace with the Lakers. So you got to win tomorrow and you got to beat the Lakers on Sunday to really kind of prove that point. That's going to be a fun one. Um, there, but the, there are going to be hiccups, Suns fans like this team might every, like every other team in the NBA is not infallible. They will lose games. It's just obviously the frustrating thing about the Suns is the teams that they lose to. I mean, you look at the record against teams over 500 and everybody keeps pointing at that. And they're like, hey, the Suns are going to be really good in the playoffs or they're a really good team because they beat really good teams. And that's great. We lose to some shitty teams, man. Detroit, Washington, who's obviously playing a lot better tonight because they beat the Jazz. Um, but at the time, they were, I mean, injured and beat up and COVID ridden and like we got killed by them. So that focus is something that the Suns are really going to have to work on moving forward. <laughs> Well, I mean, the Suns are going to lose maybe nine or ten more games this year, right? So it's going to happen, and especially in a year like this, a lot of teams, if you, I mean, someone just asked if we're watching around the league, we're, if we're just homeboys or whatever he said. I We are homeboys. I, I was just thinking, like, when you watch these games, you see losses like this by the really good teams in the NBA. So it's going to happen. So nine or ten more games by the Suns, they'll probably lose. We just have to take them and move on, and I'm sure they're, I don't know if they can sleep tonight after this one because this that one really sucks, especially when you have the rookie going for 40 against you. That's the worst part of it. That's No, I completely agree there. And again, I mean, look, the Jazz lost to the Wizards tonight. And I know the Wizards are playing better and the Jazz are kind of stumbling, but it Thank happens. God, it's, the, it's the NBA. Okay? You, this isn't game seven of the finals. Where do you think the Jazz are going to finish? By the end of the year, what do you what seed? I think they're going to be four seed. I think yeah, they're going to be four. They might even drop to five. I just don't think they're the five. one team. Denver Nuggets will uh, sneak in. Yeah, there. I could totally see yeah. that. I could. They're a solid team all around. Don't get me wrong. Like I hate discrediting a team that's done so well, especially considering the Suns are one of those teams that have done so well, who people believe in, but like don't believe in all the way. Mm -hmm. You know, because we had some luck in that first half. We were relatively healthy. We had the three games that were canceled. We played a lot of teams that were beat up uh, and the Suns took advantage of that just like they did in the bubble. You know, the Suns that are eight and in the bubble will always look back at that time frame and go, the Suns were eight and in the bubble. It was amazing. It's like, yeah. yes, they were. And we should, and we should appreciate that. 
But remember what happened in the bubble. We played a lot of teams that weren't at full strength. They were saving their guys because they were actually going to the playoffs. So I remember when we played the 76ers, we didn't get, I think it was Ben Simmons or Embiid or one or both even, you know, I mean, it was just like, and this, and credit the Suns, they brought it, they won. They, they did beat the Clippers who were pretty much at full strength for that game on the fadeaway shot by Devin Booker. Uh, but that happened a lot at the beginning of the season in the first half. The second half is going to be choppy. You know, we have a lot more uh, road games. We have 12 of the last 16 are on the road. We have a lot more road games. We have a lot more teams that are going to be priming themselves up for the playoffs. And that uh, the Utah Jazz is going to be facing the exact same thing. They're a team that has been unbelievably healthy in the first half of the season and benefited by playing the teams that weren't. So they're going to run into the same thing. I don't know what their schedule is as it pertains to, you know, home games and road games, but they're going to be taking the best licks that the team that the teams have just like the Suns are because there's no variety around the Suns right now. You don't think that the Minnesota Timberwolves are coming in here, you know, like Tupac saying me against the world. That's exactly the mentality this team had entering this game. The Suns mm-hmm. help them out with turnovers and some fouls. And guess what? They get the victory. They're feeling good about themselves. So the Suns, the goal tomorrow is to come out and demoralize this team and remind them that they're the worst team in the NBA. Well, I mean, that's the Western Conference, too. I know they're the worst team almost in the league, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. But They are in the league. Come- yeah, they are that because it's their <laughs> 10th win. I mean, how, how much worse is it going to get? But of course, Anthony Edwards is in the West, so that sucks too. So you have to look forward to that for the next 10 years. Him playing with Minnesota, if he doesn't ask out in the sixth year, you have to worry about that. But I'm actually not worried about the Suns and their road trips. I think that's good for the team, uh, the morale, the chemistry. I mean, playing in the bubble, they did well together. They didn't have to worry about anything but basketball. That helps DA too. With, uh, you know, I'm a big go home and love your family guy. But when you're away and you can get sleep, and you can just say goodnight, and then everyone else is helping with the kid. That helps a lot, too. I don't mean to be a jerk about that. I'm just saying it'll help him get some rest and focus on basketball. So I think that's going to help the Suns in the long run. Did you read that piece about DeAndre Ayton on, but that Mark Spears wrote that mentioned when it some was it. revealed to all of it? Yeah, it was a, yeah. a very good kind of introspective look at DeAndre Ayton and how he interacts with his teammate and essentially how winning is everything for him. Like, you know, we sit here and we bitch and moan about how he can't catch the ball and he didn't dunk. Like, he doesn't care about any of that stuff. He just wants to win, baby. And that's what the team's doing outside of tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't read the whole thing. I don't know why I said kind of. Yeah, you're kind of. I just, I I didn't read the last three words because my (laughs) eyes were tired at that point. (laughs) Speaking of tired, I'm getting pretty tired. So I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. So again, if you're watching on the uh, the Suns Jam Session YouTube channel. Go ahead and hit the like button and subscribe. Help us get to 900 subscribers. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, please subscribe, rate, and review. I promise next time I'll come on here and I'll read some of the, our most recent reviews uh, if there's any recent ones. So do us a solid. Go on the Apple podcast and do that. Uh, if you can, if you want to follow the show, you can do so at Suns Jam. On Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Yeah, Matthew, let's see. And I think, God, I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to say, but I'm becoming just a little too tired to say it. So on that note, I'm done. Y'all take care. You're done, John. All right. I hope you get some good sleep tonight. Everyone else, go home and love your family. Amen. Take care, everybody. Go, sons. We'll, we'll, we'll bounce back tomorrow. Don't worry. It's not the end of the world. It's just one of them days. When I want to be all alone, it's just one of them days. When I got to be all alone, it's just one of them days.